Hey Bulls Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Rebuildable Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Gentile. And now we're in the slow down period of the NBA offseason. But there is an interesting storyline here still with the Chicago Bulls. Larry Markkinen still hasn't been moved, hasn't signed an offer sheet, nothing. I gotta say, I'm surprised. If you listen to previous episodes of the Rebuildable Podcast, especially leading into the Bulls offseason, I thought Larry Markkinen was going to cash in on a pretty solid deal. Like, <laughs> I was like Larry and his agent in this regard. I thought maybe he was going to get $20 million a year. But apparently, and good on a lot of these front offices around the league, the NBA seems to think that Larry Markkinen is not worth that much money. And I'm curious, what's a deal for Larry Markkinen going to look like? Like, how much is a team willing to pay for his services? You know, th- there's a lot that's intriguing about Larry. Seven-footer, still young, has a lot of room to grow, untapped potential that a change of scenery could bring out in him. Sure, there's teams interested, at the right price, of course. But when he does get signed... What's it going to look like? Are we thinking like 12, 13 million a year? Could he still get a pretty decent number like 16, 17 million? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm confused. Could he end up back on the Bulls at a 10 million dollar qualifying offer? I mean, it's possible. One interesting little development and it was good to hear this coming from Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago. On one of the last episodes that dropped of the Bulls Talk podcast, he threw out this nugget that he's heard from people within the organization, other league sources, that the Bulls definitely are seeking draft capital in return for Larry Markkinen. If there is some type of sign-and-trade deal, the Chicago Bulls want some type of draft asset in return. Which makes a lot of sense because the Bulls did surrender that draft capital in the Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan trades. And also, they could be docked significant draft capital with this Lonzo Ball investigation if they are found guilty of tampering. So it makes sense that they would want to restock some of the lost draft picks. We'll see what happens. It's definitely something that I know I'm continuing to monitor, but there's only so many hours in a day you can keep refreshing Twitter to check up on the Larry Markkinen situation. So hopefully something gets resolved in the coming days, coming weeks. But I think this is going to be a, a pretty decent staring contest, and we'll see who blinks first. Larry, the Bulls, or some other team that wants to acquire him. Because remember, a lot of teams are, are operating with limited cap space. So... If they want Lowry, they're going to have to make a trade. And now the Bulls are in the power seat. So we'll see what happens here. On today's episode, we'll definitely talk about the whole Lowry situation and much more with the Chicago Bulls. And I have a great guest to help me break it all down. In fact, you might be familiar with him. He goes by Laro. Now, I started seeing Laro. He's Coach Laro on Twitter and KLA Hoops, Chris, both of them are the co-hosts of Bulls 101 on the Barroom Network. 
But I had started seeing their tweets popping up a lot towards the end of last season and into the off season, especially around the draft and free agency. And I had started to just dig in a little more on them because I thought, man, these guys are pretty smart and insightful. And I saw that they were hosts of this podcast. And I started listening to some of the previous episodes and some of the episodes during the off season. I've really enjoyed the podcast, started following it, subscribed to it. But I wanted to get Laro on and I'm glad that he agreed to stop by today on the Rebuildable Podcast. Let's bring him in. Laro, how are you? Welcome. Hey, man. Um, first off, I'm doing really well. Um, I'm kind of getting in my mode. Uh, I got two games to coach tonight at, at, at Narina, so I'm, I'm kind of getting in my mode. But, you know, for the most part, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm really excited to to be on the pod, man. Uh, um <laughs> I love your episodes. I love everything about what you bring to the table in terms of Bulls, the Bulls community on Twitter as well. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm just excited to really talk to you, man, and, and, and really break it down, uh, you know, some Bulls and things like that. So, Well, before you hopped on, I was telling our listeners that I discovered you and Chris through that Bulls Twitter sphere. It was around the end of last season and getting into the thick of the off season, And I started seeing more of – you know, tweets from you, tweets from Chris pop up. And then I just started getting into the weeds of the Bulls 101 podcast. It's been really, a really great podcast to listen to. I encourage all the listeners of Rebuildable Podcast, go check it out, subscribe. Thank me later because it is a really good podcast. And I, I really enjoyed those episodes. Man, I, I, you know what, man? I, I, I truly appreciate that. And I know uh, Chris does as well. Um, you know, how it all came about is, uh, so Mark K, um, of Bulls HQ, who, mm-hmm. you know, shout out Bulls HQ. He's a really good guy, really good guy. Um, I joined, I joined the discord that he has, uh, the Bulls HQ discord. And, you know, I, at first I joined it, it was just, you know, a bunch of Bulls fans talking about the season and giving their opinions. And, um, I, I always wanted to do a podcast. Uh, but I never knew how to start it. I, I didn't know where to to begin. And I eventually, Salim Sudawala, who's who's a, a co-host of uh, Bulls Gold, uh, he's in that Discord as well. And I, I kind of DM'd him. I'm like, man, Salim, man, I love you guys' podcast, but I, I kind of want to do my own thing. Like, how did you guys get started? And he's like, man, um, I was lucky because he he's known Ed for a while, and and they just decided to do it. But he was like, man, I got a perfect person for you. And uh, he, he actually just approached me the other day about doing a podcast. And sure enough, it was Chris Amundsen. So uh, we basically just started from there, man. Discord, Bulls HQ Discord, me and Chris kind of got together there. And um, that's how it started. We eventually um, were given a shot to do a podcast for the Barroom Network by Aldo Gandia. Shout out Barroom Network. They cover, you know, every sport in the city, um, every major sport. And um, it's it's uh, it's been great since then, man. It's been a great experience. I, I, I really, before that, I never really had any podcast experience. Um, I, you know, I used to write here and there for, you know, when I had that, that, that hunch to do it. I needed to get that itch off my back. Like I would put pen to the paper or uh, maybe, well, I should say my fingers to the keypad. Um, but like, it's, it's, um, 
it, it's been great, man. Like I can't even explain how fun it's been and, and how great it is to get compliments like what you just gave to us, man, because we honestly started this and, and we didn't know what would come of it. We didn't know if it would be like people you know, like, what are these guys talking about? Like, you know, I'm just, why are we even listening to this? You know, like, so we, we, we didn't know what to expect. We just kind of dove right in and, and really uh, tried to bring something different to the, to the, you know, Bulls Twitter world, you know, um, and, and podcast, you know, world as well. So, I mean, that's really how it started, man. Uh, but again, thank you for that compliment. I really appreciate that. Well, and it's great that you bring that enthusiasm. I, I think you both bring the, the enthusiasm to that podcast and it definitely shows. Um, one of the things that is so cool, and I, you probably have noticed this, the Twitter sphere, the content creators in Bulls Nation are very, very helpful. <laughs> they will definitely come on your show. They will promote it. Um, there's a lot of collaboration among the group, and it's great. Like It's one thing that I've learned in the last two years doing this podcast that everybody within this pocket of Bulls content creators, uh, we're all kind of rooting for each other, and it's nice because... There's other places in the Chicago sports content sphere where it's it's a little more competitive and cutthroat. And this one, uh, we we just enjoy it, you know. Yeah, you you're you're so right, man. Like, um, you know, before we started the podcast, like, I, you just don't know. You don't know. If, you know, guys are really gonna be willing to come on your podcast and 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 really give you some uh, some of their time, and it, it has been nothing but you know, great um, cooperation from everybody that we have asked in in the Bulls Twitter for, Twitterverse. And, and and it's been great, man. Like, I really appreciate everybody that's came on. I, I, I appreciate the retweets and the comments and, um, you know, just the, the, the great compliments and stuff, man. It's been great to be welcomed in because me and Chris are pretty, pretty new, if, if you think about it. Like, a like a lot of a lot of guys in the in you know like the Bulls Gold you your your podcast um uh, ooh, I'm a, uh Mark K uh is Bulls HQ and mm-hmm. it, it, it's they've been around for a while so we were that's a part of the thing is what we thought about as well is like man how do we you know come in but not like try to step on anybody's toes but just kind of bring like you know a different um outlet for people you know so it's it's been great, man. It's been nothing but great, and um, I appreciate that, man. We, we both appreciate that. You know, um, it also makes me think that real GM tree of podcasters just keeps growing and growing and growing because I believe that's how Mark K got his start to podcasting. Salim was part of that group. I think Doug Tonus was originally part of that group. So, like, that real GM website really spawned a lot of podcasters, you know? So I think I might do a special just on that like one episode just talking to all the podcasters that came from that group and how it's just grown from there i I would be all over that man i I would love to hear um that podcast and that'd be really interesting yeah it is amazing it is kind of like a web how all this all this started it's like everybody kind of was inspired by one another um i do want to get into and of course the main reason i wanted to have you on is to get into some of this stuff with the with the bulls of course, we've hit like a stall so far in the off-season action, but I think it's good just to get your general thoughts first about everything that's unfolded. So, I guess, Laura, the floor is yours. What's your thoughts on just all of these moves that have been made so far this off-season for the Chicago Bulls? Um, 
I think for me, uh, the best thing, of, well, I'm not going to say the best thing, but one of the, one of the best things that I have noticed and I appreciate so much um, is the difference between the front offices that we've, we've seen, the regimes that we've seen, um, the Paxson and, and Gar Foreman, um, the difference between him, those two guys and Acme um, has been like night and day, man. And I honestly, honestly couldn't ask for any better situation, any better two guys to have. I mean, AK has been super aggressive. Um, having, you know, it, it's been great, man. I, I think I said on our show that it's it's been, you know, because you, you got Gar and, 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 and Pax, right? They, they're kind of conservative the way they moved in free agency. And, and even like some of the big time names that we were rumored to, to be going after, we, we eventually would never get. So we would have to settle for like an older version of Powell and older version of Boozer, you know, Rich, Richard Hamilton. Um, and, and, and it's like, you know, it's great to see that we have a guy that is, you know, in a jokingly way, joking way, we have a guy that's willing to tamper to get the guy that he wants. You know what I mean? So it's like, like in a way, I respect that abre- that aggressiveness because like AK has lived up to his word. He said that he wanted to bring the you know watching you know um, that that ten episode uh, documentary on the Bulls. Um, like he he came out of there and he's like, man, the Bulls have to get back to that level of being respected and being a a place desired to be to want to play for as well. And I think that he has done nothing but show signs of uh, really meaning that and. Um, as for the signings, like I break it down in a way like this, like if you think about like the weaknesses of our team last season, like just think about the games that we lost uh, early in the season, you know, turnovers, not not having a guy like and this is no disrespect to Zach because Zach is a, has improved on a, a, um, his ball handling ability with pick and roll and things like that. But like at the end of games, um, I just don't think you, you – want, you know, Zach to be controlling the the whole offense, uh, you know, um, and trying to get guys in the right spot and um, also by, while also trying to get his own offense. Um, so, and I think that kind of hindered the Bulls in, in at the beginning of the season because you don't really have a true point guard, um, a guy that you can uh, throw, at, throw in at the end of games and obviously throughout the game. But at the end of the game, when it, when it matters, a close game, you need some stability there. Uh, you need a guy that takes care of the ball. And, and I think adding a guy like DeMar, um, who um, – and I'll get to Lonzo in a second because I know people are going to hear this and be like, wait, is Lonzo the point guard? But I think DeMar has really improved his playmaking. I think he does. He also does not turn the ball over a lot. Um, he's also another guy that you can throw the ball to at the end of the game and get a shot off. He's a big-time shot maker. Um, so I think he gives another option when Zach is getting all the attention. You have another guy in DeMar who can, you can throw the ball to and, and, and he can go to work and get a shot off as well. Um, so I think that's a big piece of the playmaking that, that, that DeMar is going to bring is so huge for this team. Um, and I know the fit thing is, is a big deal, but I think if you, I think on, on the surface, you, you, there, you know, I think that's what people are doing. They're just looking on the surface, but they're not like digging deep and looking at what this team needed and what DeMar brings that helps those, those needs. Um, and I think that's what you kind of have to do. And if I can real quick, I, I want to emphasize this before we get to Lonzo real quick. I think one of the biggest things that DeMar DeRozan does too, and you mentioned how he could help Zach. I think he's going to really help Patrick Williams 
blossom into the role that Patrick Williams should be playing, which is getting more of those minutes at the four and actually having somebody fill in that spot at the wing. So that's what I'm really excited about is not only how he can help facilitate the half-court offense and get Zach cooking, but how can he help Patrick Williams take that next step? Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think another another good thing for Pat as well is seeing another big wing in a way. Like, I, you know, uh, it, DeMar it has a really good knack for getting to the free throw line. And I, and I think he has little tricks up his sleeve that he uses, you know, getting in a lane, using multiple ball uh, pump fakes to get guys in there and getting into their body. You know, he does a really good job of using his shoulder and moving guys out of the way to create space to finish. And I, and I think, guys, I think that's going to be great for Pat because um, I think Pat needs that. I think that's something that he needs to put in his bag uh, is that those little tricks at the um, uh, to get to the free throw line. Because if you look at, you know, the summer league with Pat, um, there were, you know, you look at his, his, uh, his, uh, his shot chart and you, you, you're like, man, he took a lot of shots, didn't make that many. But if you really take a look at the tape, there were a lot of opportunities uh, for Pat to get to the free throw line. You make a nice move, get downhill, and at the last minute, I think just because he maybe he's working on things, or I think mostly it's he's he's uh, trying to avoid contact. And and I think that seeing a guy like Demar, um, seeing that he loves contact. I mean, Demar wants the body to be on you so he can kind of manipulate that into, into getting fouls. And I think that is something that can help Pat and I, because I think there were a lot of free throws out there for, for Pat in summer league that he just didn't uh, get because he just was trying to avoid contact and, and use, you know, use some extension layups and um, things like that. But um, that's, that's, that's what I hope as well is that he will take Pat under his wing and teach him a few things in terms of getting to the free throw line, because if Pat can, can take take full advantage of his touches um, and whenever he's got an ability to, to attack a closeout, um, to really, you know, either finish or, or draw a foul. Like, I think that's going to be huge for this team as well um, on offense. You already brought up Lonzo Ball. Uh, what do you think his biggest impact is going to be on this team? I mean, we all we all were dying for a facilitating point guard last year, so I, I think we're getting that. But what other things do you think he can bring to the table? Yeah, so I think I think when people talk about Lonzo, uh, they think he's like, a, you know, this – jumbo, you know, playmaker that you could just get, put the ball in his hands and pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, and, and allow him to just, you know, you know, get deep into the paint and continue to find shooters. And, like, that. that's not really Lonzo's game, and at least at this moment. Like, he's still young enough to improve. But at the moment, I think the best uh, – one of the best things that Lonzo brings is being that, like, advantage creator. The advantage creator that, that – second side against tilted defenses, pick and rolls. And, um, you know, obviously he's a great passer, uh, but, you know, his fast break ability to, I think guys are going to be running hard with Lonzo. You know, you're going to have Zach running hard on the wing and Pat running hard on the wing. Like, I think it's going to be fast break city when Lonzo has the ball off the glass and and going the other way. Um, But I think uh, we kind of broke it down on one of our episodes. I think it was two episodes ago is, it's like Lonzo was really effective where, for instance, if, let's say uh, DeMar is running a pick and roll with Vooch on, um, on, the, on the strong side and DeMar is able to get, you know, you know, draw help and he swings it to Lonzo. 
that is in that moment is where Lonzo makes his money because uh, one, he's a great, he's turned himself into a great catch and shoot three point shooter. Um, and also he's really good at attacking closeouts. So once, if you can create uh, an advantage for Lonzo, that is where he comes in, you know, attacking a, a closeout creation, um, you know, making the extra pass. Like re- he's an intelligent player. You're getting a very intelligent player in Lonzo. He's, he's going to make the extra pass. He's going to take the open three. He, he's going to, he, he, he's just, um, he's just so uh, great to have on your team. Uh, if you want to run inverted pick and rolls, like he, he's a guy I think you can use in, in short roll situations, you know, because of his size and um, who will be guarding him. You'll be, you'll be able to get some mismatches for Zach or DeMar. And I, I just feel like Lonzo uh, on offense is just going to be so fun. But on defense, um, he's another guy we haven't had, you know, he's a, he's a great help side defender. Um, I think, I think uh, the point of attack defense is kind of, um, overblown a little bit like I think he's 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 pretty good at point of attack but I wouldn't want to depend on him being the number one point of attack defender because I do think that he has some problems getting over screens um he'll he'll get hit he'll get clipped and and things like that but um for the most part I having him play like you know backside help side rotation like is beautiful because he has a great knack of he's he, uh, of being in the right spots on the weak side um and being in help like, I think that's where he's going to be great at. You know, I want to circle back to something you said a little earlier when we got into the beginning of our discussion here of the offseason moves. And, and you mentioned how this regime is much more aggressive than the last regime. And I 100% agree with you because I used to say during the Garpax era that they sometimes just wait for luck to happen. Like, they always wanted to stumble into a move. Draft a superstar, maybe. Like, you have to hope that that player pans out and turns into a superstar. And they never really made moves to create their own luck, how a lot of other teams in the NBA do it. And they, they do that through sign-in trades. They do that by having players that are desirable assets that you can eventually spin on the trade market or use in other deals to acquire star talent. And I feel like... The Bulls would stop short of their plans a lot under Garpax. My sense right now is that Mark Eversley, Arturis Karnaschovas, I don't think they're looking at this team and saying, well, this is a second round exit ceiling and we're good. I really do think that at some point they're going to want to take the next step to build a title contender. Now, I know draft capital could be a problem, especially if this Lonzo investigation turns out to they're found to have tampered and they get a first round pick docked from them. And with the DeMar DeRozan and Vooch deals, there's first round capital that comes out of those deals. But there are some attractive pieces on this roster that are still productive and could be moved potentially. Anyway, but I want to ask you this. What's the next move you think to get to title contention? Because I think AK and Mark Eversley will do what it takes to get to that next step. But what do you think that is? to get from now point B to point C? Um, for me, the first option um, is, the, uh, is the ascension of Pat. Um, if Pat can become um, – because last year, like, he, he had some tough assignments. He had some tough assignments uh, for a rookie to guard the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the Devin Bookers, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's. Like, he had a very tough rookie year in terms of uh, who he was guarding. 
But if, if he can become that, that really, if he's going to be at the four, if he can really be that, that great secondary rim protector, um, just like he was in college. I think that was something that stuck, uh, stuck out when you watch film on Pat in college at Florida State. It's his ability to really protect the rim from the from help side. Um, and if we're going to play, if we're going to continue to play drop, um, that he's going to be in position to make those type of uh, uh, plays, you know, blocks, or just just be in there to deter shots. And if he can be that backline defense for for Vooch on defense, and then on on, on top of that, um, take another step on offense, um, which for me is don't not, not passing up on your your three point. Uh, Opportunities. I feel like last year he had a bunch of open uh, shots that, that he passed up on because either he just wasn't uh, confident in his ability to knock them down or he just wanted to get to that mid-range pull-up. And I think with the, the team that you're going to have uh, this year, there's going to be so much spacing. There's going to be so many opportunities for him to cut as well. But he's going to have a lot of uh, open threes, I think. And, and if he can just continue to, to put those shots up, um, and, and become a better a better offensive player. Um, I should say take another step because he did shoot 39% from three. But, uh, I mean, like, in terms of uh, just continue to, to, to attack the rim and, and have that confidence and be aggressive with your touches, if Pat can be that guy that, that we all hope he can be, um, I think, uh, you know, obviously he just turned 20, but, I mean, if he could just continue to take steps, that's one, that's one way because I do think there is – I don't know if there's superstar – but I, I do think there is some star potential there with Pat. And if you can have a, another star, that would definitely help as well uh, with two-way ability. Um, the second thing uh, is I think the Vooch contract is perfect because it is it declines every year. Um, yep. But it, it also is um, – you know, let's say, for instance, the DeMar, you know, with this group, they, they fight, they fight, they fight in playoffs, but they just haven't been able to get over the hump. Um, that's that's another thing where, you know, let's say, for instance, like uh, some star who's out there who wants to get out away from his team, but he's been noticing the Bulls have been fighting and they just need that one extra player to get him over the, the hump. I think that's uh, the Vooch contract is perfect because it's going to end very uh, end soon. Uh, and you'll be able to add another uh, another star, I think, and but also be able to maybe get bring back Vooch on a smaller smaller deal. Um, so I think that's a way as well where you know you can add and maybe another star um, once Vooch's contract is up. But hopefully you do do some damage while you have Vooch and Demar together to you know continue to promote that Chicago. Uh, the, to, you know, play in the city of Chicago is a, a good way, uh, a good organization, and um, it's back to where it needs to be, and, and guys want to come back and play. I think I think that's one option on its on its own is is the team playing well and the organization uh, getting its 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 uh, stigma off of them, and just becoming again a, a, a destination where stars want to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's huge. You know, if you look at like the the uh, the Nets, right? When they had that nice run with Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert in the playoffs, I mean, it, it you know there was some interest there, and obviously they ended up getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and and I'm not saying we're going to get those type of players, but I think that says a lot where you know guys see potential in a in, in a in a team and they want to come play. So I'm I'm with you 100. percent There's one thing that's been kind of driving me nuts, and you see this a lot in in the Twitter sphere. It could be a dangerous place. Because <laughs> you get a lot of these weird takes about 
well, the Bulls are just a second round, you know, playoff exit. That that's their ceiling this year. Yeah, well, they were they were absolute trash for right. three years before that. And there's a big difference, like, and I've heard, and I'm actually, I, I don't hate Nick Friedel. Like, I, I know that's kind of the popular thing to do. I've actually met Nick. I got to know him a little bit years ago. He's a very nice guy. He is a very smart guy. I think he was a really good beat writer when he covered the Bulls. But I think part of his view is a little skewed and jaded. Because when he covered the Jimmy Butler era of the Bulls, they were downtrending. That's a big difference. They were they had championship aspirations and tapped out after four or five years. This is a different scenario. We're coming from the bottom. So, like, if right now the goal is let's get into the playoffs, be competitive, maybe get to the second round, I think that's fine. If, like, three years from now we're stuck there, then we can have a different conversation. But I think that's, like, people got to get over this idea that, like, well, you have to just build a title contender right now. No. You have to let this marinate and, and cook a little bit, maybe. And and to your point, part of that's going to be using this setup that the Bulls currently have, this core with Zach, Vooch, DeMar, Lonzo, Pat Williams, Kobe White, seeing what's the next step they can take and how good they are. And then from there, you make it an attraction. So I agree with you. Like, all of these pieces, too, that you added. Like you brought up the Vooch contract, which is not brought up enough. It's a de-escalating contract, and Vooch is still a highly productive offensive player. So it makes him an attractive asset for a team that's looking to, you know, even up salary. You know, DeMar DeRozan, knock on wood, I know he's older, but it's only a three-year contract. So you get through this season, there's two years left on it, and it's not terrible money. You know, it's not it's not like the Russell Westbrook 40-plus million, $50 million a year contract, which, oh, by the way, still is able to get moved quite frequently. And, you know, even Lonzo Ball, to an extent, could be a movable asset if Dame Lillard's like, I want to come play in Chicago, right? Like, all of these guys, to me, they're versatile enough where you could move them if you wanted to if, if there was a star that wanted to come play with you, you know? So, like, I, I just think some people get a little you know, crazy about the draft capital too. I'm, that's why I'm like praying to God that Laurie Markkinen does end up in a sign and trade and it brings back a draft pick. It might make some people happy. <laughs> Can I, there's two things I wanted to add. Um, sure. One thing uh, is Alex Caruso. I think, I think uh, he gets overlooked sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, Alonzo and DeMar, uh, but that dude is a key to success for the team as well because he's probably you could probably say he's the top two point of attack defender in the league. He was hmm. defensive his defensive EPM was he was 99th percentile. So I mean, it, having him is so huge, and also because he fits with any lineup you want to put out there. Uh, he's he's a pretty good catch and shoot shooter um, for, from three. He's he is a really good advantage creator. Uh, he's pretty athletic. And he's surprisingly like a pretty good slasher. Um, and the defense is just, you know, uh, that's easy. You can see that easily. Um, but the second thing is, is like, I think <clears throat> it's it's great that we added all these pieces. Like, no doubt. Like, no doubt is it, it great because as Bulls fans, we can turn on the TV, grab our beer or whatever you like to drink, get some food, and we know it's not going to be a slaughter fest. We're going to get a good good game every single night. We're going to compete. 
Um, but Zach Levine, right? There's no more excuses for Zach, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 every team that he's been on has been kind of bad, right? Now he's always had that excuse where, well, Zach has played with a bad team, so you know that's why he's had to take those type of shots. That's why this and that, blah blah blah. Well, now you, you have, as as uh, as PJ Tucker said, you know, you got two dogs with you now. So um, I think it's now time for Zach to put up a shut up now. You know, this, this, is, this is a great opportunity for him to show the league and people that have doubted him that, yeah, I can be a number one. I, I can be, you know, if I have the right pieces around me, I can be the guy to, to, to help a team get to where they need to go. And um, I think that that needs to be kept in mind, too, because Zach, Zach is a heck, he's a heck of a player. He really is. Like, he's a star. He's a superstar, I might And but it, it, it's time for him to prove that. It's time for him to, you know, hey, it, it's time. You know, when we see Brooklyn, when we see uh, Golden State, when we see these, these, uh, you know, uh, the Milwaukee's, like it's time to compete. It's time to show that we can compete against these teams if you want to be taken seriously. Well, and much like what we saw with Devin Booker, he had the same questions facing him for the last couple of years. And this year was the year where he took that leap. A lot of that had to do with Chris Paul, but hey, you start to add those, like you were saying, dogs around you and you get better, then the criticism will start to die down a little bit. I want to wrap up with one last question for you because I was talking about this before you hopped on here about the whole Laurie Marketing situation. It seems like we're in a staring contest right now. Like, <laughs> who's, who's going to blink first? So I threw this out there as a potential scenario that could happen. I want to get your thoughts. If the market dries up for him, what do you think the upside or downside is of bringing him back on the qualifying offer? Well, um, the upside for me, you bring him back on that qualifying offer. Um, let's say he plays well, right? There, I don't think you can complain about having a seven footer for uh, that can that can. If you're going off of last season's percentage, that can shoot it for forty percent at seven foot. Uh, I, I don't think you can play in a nine million for that. Um, you know. Um, also, I think if, if if it's Lowry, if he can't find anybody, like it's probably best for him to take the qualifying offer and and, and try to play, excuse me, to the best of his ability, um, because then you know he can do what he wants after. But uh, I think the downside, I, I guess, if you think about the Lowry situation is I think the fit just isn't there. Hmm. So um, I think if you put him, he can't play a five. You don't want to play the five position. Uh, you don't want to play in the four position because, I mean, uh, it, that, that, that's going to be tough for him as well. And you obviously don't want him to play the three. We saw what happened when he played the three last year. Um, and <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about that he played the three. Um, but um, – like he's just defensively, he's just a liability, and um, I think he also showed that even in games where he uh, was knocking down the three, and um, you know, really just not, not you know being in, a, in knocking down his shots, like he really just didn't have an impact. You know, it, it really wasn't impact, wasn't a, any impact to what he was bringing to the floor. So I think, honestly, for me, the only downside is and i don't want to sound harsh like this but it's him being on the roster because mm. I, I feel like that's a roster spot that can be taken up by you know someone that you know like a paul Millsap, hopefully um that that we can get or 
Um, you know, who else is out there that I'm thinking about? Um, you know, I know Kyle Anderson was has been has mm-hmm. been rumored to to be uh, you know, shopped around and things like that. Like there are better options, I think. You know, for then Lowry on that on in that roster spot, and um, that's the tough part, man, because he doesn't fit. But at the same time, you don't want to just let him walk because he does have value. There are a lot of teams that like a floor spacer. Yeah. Um, so it's a tough situation, man. It really it, is. It, it is, and I think for him, he I think just needs a, a fresh start, and the Bulls need a fresh start. Like they would be better suited to have a veteran like Paul Millsap or you know, bring in a more pared down version of Laurie who might be a little bit better defensively in Maxi Kleber, you know, yes. like, go with that route instead. I totally agree. As we wrap up, Laro, uh, can you tell folks where they can follow you on Twitter and how to subscribe to Bulls 101? Yeah, man. Um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at underscore Laro Hoops. Um, that's where you can find me um, this season coming up. I will be doing a lot of clips, breaking down plays, things like that. Um, you can also follow uh, Chris Amason, my co-host, uh, K- at KLA Hoops. Um, and we do a podcast every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Central, uh, Bulls 101 Podcast. Um, you can search it on YouTube, uh, Barroom Network, and it'll pop up. Um same thing with podcasts. Um, our podcasts, you you go, you can get them anywhere, but you basically you search Barroom Network and you just you find our show through that, and boom, that's that's where you can find most of our work actually. So awesome. Well, hey, Laro, I appreciate you coming on. Best of luck with the podcast. Welcome to the world of Bulls content creation. I think you're going to really <laughs> enjoy it, and I think you're definitely going to find your niche. And we'll definitely have you on again soon. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. I can't wait to be back, man. This is, this was kind of fun to talk, man. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.